There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, Stephen Diener hosted the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome in to Live from Spring Training, presented by Design Air Heating and Cooling. I am Tim McKernan, alongside, what a special guest, Mike Claiborne, sitting here at the home office. I love your compound here. This is really cool. I'm going to get one of these for Christmas. <laughs> All you need is a table yeah. and call John Marisek with fast signs. And then you're you're what a studio. nice job, John Marisek. You did a very nice yeah, job on this, didn't he? Him. Uh, he's done a really nice job. Uh, but it's good to be here. I'm, I'm happy and, and very appreciative that you asked. Oh, yeah. Well, we just got done talking for a new record on the uh, podcast, and we probably could have gone about three or four hours. We went an hour we'll and 40 minutes. We'll pick it up minutes. on the golf course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're about to go do that after we're done with this. So some good stuff there. We didn't even get into any Cardinals, Blues, Missouri topics. You, of course, are on that Cardinal broadcast team. Uh, the fan base, when we're talking about it on the show... Are getting a little hostile? Yes, indeed. Well... What are you sensing? You know what? I, I understand their, their, their angst. Uh, I, I think one of the things, and I was asked this question earlier today about the ball club. I think it's going to take a while for us to figure out what we have, which means... Uh, Flag Day will have an even greater importance. You've always, you've always yeah. circled Flag Day, yeah. but this year you're putting... It's even greater because... Everybody thinks, well, we got. What are we going to do about the Cubs? What are we going to do about Milwaukee? You know, they finished in front of you too, mm-hmm. and that wasn't a fluke. Uh, they're one Chris Archer away from winning the division, and they got everything they need. They got offense, they got defense, they got pitching, they got a closer. Uh, I think they are more potent than the Cubs are. To be yeah. honest with you, but with with that all said, the Cardinals still have a lot of questions to be answered. Uh, I think the offense still has some questions. I mean, you've got guys playing positions, but are they going to be effective? I have no idea what this bench is going to look like. Right, right now, they don't have one. Right. The pitching, you know, if you're going to have a fifth starter, don't have a fifth starter because he's a fifth starter. Have a fifth starter that gives you a chance. Um, you've got Michael Walker, who's got a pitch beyond two rounds. He's got a pitch into the seventh inning. You don't know about Carlos. I mean, you know Carlos has got as good stuff as anybody, but you got to see it a little bit more consistently. Uh, Luke Weaver, I think, is a guy that's probably ready to make this step forward. Mm-hmm. Miles Michaelis, I think, is a real question mark for this reason. This is a guy who came over from Japan, who had good control through strikes, down his own. Well, now with the launch angle and everything, and now teams are trying to go with more four seamers going up in the zone, how does he make that adjustment and also mix in his breaking ball? Mm-hmm. So, and that's a work in progress because I know he's been hit hard early. I still think that we've got to wait and see how this thing unfolds, and it's going to take more than the next couple of weeks. I want to get your perspective on Michaelis and, and kind of a macro discussion on Michaelis because I think it represents part of the fan base's frustration. We welcome you to, uh, whether it be on Facebook Live or whether it be on Twitter, join in and ask whatever questions you have. I don't want to, since I have you here, and I know you love your uh, your Blues and Missouri oh. Tigers, I know it's rough on, on one of those. We're mm. potentially bullish on the other. We're going to talk about it all here. But questions people have, 
Fire away in the Facebook Live and or on Twitter on Periscope. It's presented by Designer Heating and Cooling, the number one trained dealer in the Midwest. If and when the time comes you need your air conditioning taken care of, make sure that you go to designairservice.com and uh, do business with Design Air Heating and Cooling. They will take care of you just like they've taken care of us for years. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling, the sponsor. And uh, yeah, hence, right hence, here. Hence, right here. Yeah. Design Air, look at the logo yeah. right there. Design Air Heating and Cooling. Is there any price more valuable when you own a home than a good heating and cooling person? When we got down here, now I know people can't see because they just see the set. Our well, it's such a vast area. Yeah, yeah it's immense. Yeah. When you grow up in South City, you're just handed mansions in Florida. But yes, our air conditioning worked for five days. And apparently down here, it's notorious. The HVAC guys are a little rough. That's what I've heard tell. So I don't know if you've dealt with this. No, I don't know. <laughs> you have somebody else tend to that? I was tending to it. The reason why the – here's why I think Miles Michaelis is getting so much attention. Because for a big part of the fan base, they feel like, what's going on with the decisions this offseason? There's frustration with what didn't necessarily happen. John Mazalak has been out front and saying, well, haven't you seen what we've done over the last decade or so? Give us the benefit of a doubt with our track record. Miles Michaelis is kind of one of the signature Mosaic guys, and now your two starts in. Granted, it's two spring training starts in, and you're going, oh, my God, could this be a debacle? And you still have Lancelot and Jake Arrieta out there. So it fits all of these pieces yeah. that lead to second-guessing, and from my standpoint, understandable fan angst. That's what I think Miles Michaelis represents. I think because we're not familiar with Michaelis is one of the reasons why there's greater angst. Uh, I think when you look at uh, – Lance Lynn, I think he's an interesting guy that the Cardinals have no interest in. Yeah. What's, do you have any theory as to what that's about? Yeah, that I, think, too. I think it has, they've seen enough and they think it won't get better than what they feel like they already have. Yeah. I think with Arietta, I, I always think that people are enamored with what Arietta did two years ago or three years ago. But his velocity has gone down. He was a good second half pitcher. But if you're going to spend that kind of money, you need a little bit more. And and I just don't – I think we live on reputation more. And I think baseball is trying to get away from that mm-hmm. uh, and paying for paying these guys for what he used to do. Now, if you're a young guy and you, you did it two years in a row or whatever, okay, now you want to make an investment mm-hmm. in the future. But when you get into your 30s, the question is, is he really going to be that much better? And the answer is normally no. But – because these are the guys we've seen, we've read about them, and boy, he really killed us one time, and we think he can help us. I don't know if that's always true. Right. Do you think that the Cardinals will make a move between now and opening day, or do you I think, think this is kind of what it is? I think they're gonna. it's going to be kind of what it is unless they come to the conclusion that they need help. Now, if they do that, the question is, what's the price? What are you willing to part with? Um and what other people do you move around so this person has a spot? Right. You know, I think the, the rotation is the issue here. Now, let's look at Carlos. He's in. Waka is in. Weaver is an X factor because, and, and Michaelis. Michaelis is going to be in because you're paying. Right. So what happens, what, what happens with Adam Wainwright? If Adam Wainwright shows you enough where he's barely a fifth starter, what do you do? What do they do in that spot? That's my point. I mean, what do you so really do there? you're going to have to have a tough conversation with somebody. Now, I think we all believe Adam can be an improvement as we get through the spring. Mm-hmm. But I'm a realist in saying, what if? What if he has a flat tire and he just can't find it? 
it's 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 a tough question to deal with. So if you have those issues and you need to go out and get somebody, then who sits? You don't want to send Weaver out again when he's already establishing himself. Jack Flaherty might have something to say for this also. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that they're a real tough spot because there's a good situation or a good person that's not going to have a spot. That's or maybe somebody gets DL out of the spring and you bring them back later after he gets himself in a better refined situation. Yeah, that's uh, where people start wondering about what could happen with Alex Reyes and would somebody be a placeholder for him. What do you, I mean, I know Mike Matheny and Mike Maddox both said, I don't even look at it right now because no, we can't. No, Reyes isn't going to be here until May. Yeah, May. And, and everybody's content with that. But my question is, when he gets here, what's he going to do? Yeah. Is he going to start? Is he going to bullpen? You know, there's a lot of things that are still out there. And I, I think also, when you talk about the bullpen, I think whoever has the options is in trouble. If you got options, then you might get sent out. Right. Uh, so we know Lions doesn't have options. We know Tui Valala doesn't have options. You might DL a guy with a phantom injury. Uh, but then there's somebody that's going to be sent out because he still has options. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals have been able to utilize that quite effectively over the years. Has there been a player that stands out to you that you weren't really thinking was going to be in the mix? Yeah. That now? Jairo Munoz. That's who it was going to be. Yeah. So I figured it was going to be. If he was left-handed, he'd be, he might even start. Wow. It's been that good. He can rake. Yeah. He, he's hit some balls. He's hit a couple of breaking balls. And that's the one thing you always look for. Yeah, can he hit a breaking ball? Because they can all hit a fastball. This kid shows me something. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad player. Yeah. And he can play. Well, let's put it this way. They say he can play multiple positions. I'm not sure if I'm plugging him in in right field with, with a, you know, when he runs second base in the ninth inning. But if he's all I got, I'll try it. Yeah. But he's, he's like a pretty good athlete. What is the, the mindset you think around this team? I mean, you have been around them for a while, and this is the first time I feel like we're going into a year. And I really, I mean, for real, in the 2000s, where I'm like, man, if things don't go right, there could be job change. I mean, Bill DeWitt's kind yeah. of operated this no, franchise similar to like the Rooney's. Yeah, they fair, don't like turnover. That's a fair statement. Um, because if it becomes bad for business, you have to make an adjustment. If you want to get the attention of the players, then you have to make an adjustment. Now, the question is, are these players worthy of making an adjustment for it, like the Blues? Mikey O is maybe he has a safe job. Those The players are the problem there. The Cardinals, I'm of the concern, do you have enough winning players? Okay, we know Wayno, we know uh, uh, Yadi have been there. Okay, we take them off the table. Who else is a winning player? Mm-hmm. Who else has been part of that? Is it Tommy Pham? Well, Tommy Pham's been around a long time, but he plays like a winning player. Okay? I mean, he's probably the most prepared player day in, day out that they have. If there's somebody who put in more work than him, I'd like to meet him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you know what? He's such a pro, man, because he takes his job dead serious. None of this grab-ass or any of the foolishness. He is here to play and win. And I think it's a good example of set for young guys. I just don't know if some people can digest it because it's time to fan. He's become a fan favorite. Fan has become a fan he hustles. Favorite. He wears a uniform proudly. He's not a hey-look-at-me guy, any of that. Uh, he's a professional off the field. 
So, I mean, I don't know why a person wouldn't get behind it. And that's why, so you had the, the kind of contrast yesterday when the Cardinals signed DeYoung to the six-year deal, mm-hmm. and then fans going, yeah, we talked about doing a multi-year deal, two-year deal, but what was put on the table just wasn't even worth our, right. worth our time. What's your perspective on that? It was awkward timing because here you are, you reward a guy in, in Paul DeYoung, who I certainly think is entitled to it. In fact, he's done a nice job. But I think on the other side, here's a guy in fam that's proven that he's as capable as anyone himself. You want to reward the young and fam, you give a contract or offer one that most people would not accept. So it's one of those situations where the age factor comes into play and the position and things of that nature. Tommy Fam's betting on himself. You show me, you give me more Tommy Fam's who feel like, hey, I want to be better. I just don't want to take your money because I'm due. I'm going to take your money because I deserve it. Mm -hmm. I like that approach. I think more athletes need, I would like to see more athletes take that approach. But, you know, it's business, and I understand that, and I I would assume he does too. The the Cardinal fans have questions. We want to go into the chat. Let's go to the polls. Let's go to the polls. in your mind. I see it started right away. Look at it. You can see see it for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> we just talked about it on the podcast, and I look right in there, two-pound carrot cake. You'll have to wait for the podcast yes. to hear the discussion on what's our yes. deep tea. Claims are the best in the business. Two Get that man a carrot And I don't even like two-pound <laughs> Apple pie, it's a wrap. Uh, tougher to keep in line is a co-host, Jay Randolph Jr. or Brian McKenna. Kevin oh, Miller contributing uh, to the chat. Well, I enjoy working with. Both did you of them. did you do shows with both of them? I did more with Jay, Jay. than I did Brian, but Brian was part of the early stages of all sports all radio. Right. So uh, I'm sure we crossed paths and did some shows and stuff. But Jay, Jay, uh, he's one of the gold standards as far as being not only good on the air but a friend. Yeah. So. Uh, I enjoy both of them. Uh, Jay and I have so many experiences. <laughs> well, we didn't even get to that part. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Me and I went to the Dominican Republic together. I don't think that country's ever recovered. <laughs> oh, uh, sup, Claves. Sup, man, child. That comes from Tim Bishop. Uh, he's in there. Uh, Claves, uh, who earns that fifth starting spot? I think they're going to have to have a playoff, more or less, or pitch-off. Um, Obviously, you would hope Adam Wainwright's the guy. You don't want his career to end. Yeah, how awkward would that be? You know, last thing. I, mean, I can give you 19 and a half million reasons why. Yeah. I don't give him every opportunity. But Adam's a proud man, too. He wants to earn it. I think it's just going to And see, here's the thing. With a fifth starter in, in April, I don't yeah, know if you yeah. really need one. Uh, so I just think this thing is going to carry out for a while. I don't think when we leave, Jupiter, this this team is going to be set. We know this. Is it fair to say this? We know we have to operate off the premise from the logic of looking at a roster. Carlos Martinez, Michael Waka, Luke Weaver. Yes. Is that, that's, that's fair. I think that's safe. Question so. marks next to... And Miles Michaelis. Unless he comes up with an injury where he's beat They're still going to put him in the rotation? And even if... Yeah. You know, they would move well, there's two reasons time. why. One, you don't have anything in your organization that's been on fire yet that says, all right, Mike, was, uh, we can't have him pitch. Yeah. And, and two, um, I think you have to give Mike was more time because of the transition. So I'm, I'm not overly concerned okay. about it. 
I think one of the issues you have to come into realization with is it's important for them to get off to a good start because you're chasing two teams. But I don't think you can push the panic button this early um, because this is kind of a stretch because this roster is not going to be the same in July or September as it is now. Mm-hmm. So you got to this is going to be more of a work in progress than what we've dealt with in the past. Do you think the Cardinals are going to sign anybody else, such as a pitcher, closer, or a hitter? That comes from Steve Cummings. I think if they come down to the last week or so and they feel like they're not seeing what they need to, or somebody becomes available, let's say if you have a team that's in spring training and they feel like this team isn't going to be good enough, we might have a fire sale now, then they're going to give the Cardinals a call and maybe you do something. Um, you have to remember, there's a ton of free agents still out there. They have a this camp going on in Bradenton. I was mm-hmm. talking to somebody who was working at camp last week and said, yeah, there's some guys playing well down there. I said, yeah, but who are they playing? They're playing other guys yeah. that don't have jobs. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's such an odd year with regard to talent acquisition and really talent assessment that I think teams are going to have to really be patient, and I think fans are going to have to really because this thing's going to change two or three times before we get to August, for sure. Uh, how much money does Claves make in golf today? That comes from Tyson. Good uh, question. Yeah, what's, I mean, what's the wager? Uh, I've, I've never pl- I don't believe we've ever we've played. We've never played. I've had a hand injury since October, so this is the first time I'm playing since, gosh, September. So I'm not, I don't really normally bet a lot. Because, you know, I'm just not a bet. I'm not a wager on things like this. But uh, I'm just going to go out and have fun. There's times I go out and play with guys on YouTube score. All right. Just show, show up just play, man. That's what I should have done yesterday. Yeah. It's okay. You know, see, some people get, they take golf too serious sometimes. And we all want to play well, but we're never going to be that good when we feel like, okay. Now it's know, time I'm for, be, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on the web guy. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to go on the. Steak and Shake Tour. Are they sponsored yet? I don't believe so. They don't mind me having that Steak and Shake in a while. They got one here. Where? Dude, it's down in... I got to go. It's right off of Linton on 95. You go down to Linton, it's down there near uh, Delray Beach. Oh, you get so off Pass Rachel's. Yes, Pass Rachel's. They have a nice steak burger <laughs> over there, too. Uh, but you go down to 95, and you get off in Linton, and you go east, and it's right to the right. I got to tell you something. I might have to do that. Oh, I really might have to do this now. Oh, on the way back. Uh, let's see what we got going on here. Hey, I, I want to make sure I asked about it because I haven't done it before we get to all the Cardinal questions. I said the St. Louis Blues, and you went like this. I've never been more disappointed in a group of players than I have this one. Wow. Um, and you don't just throw around the hyperbolic no, sports talk no, radio statements. This, is, this, there's this some, team got off to a really good start. A surprisingly really good start. And I caution, I remember Frank talking about Petrangelo being a Norris Trophy candidate. So I think we can piss all over that. Uh, <laughs> but that's not solely his fault. There have been a lot of guys who haven't played well. And I always thought from the beginning of the season they never had enough score. And I think that's come to roost. The Jake Allen experiment has Allen experiment has been a disaster. Uh, and I don't know why you felt you had to extend him when he's done this every year he's been with the Blues. Mm-hmm. He has that bump in the road or yips or whatever you want to call it. 
I think his mechanics are flawed. I've never been a goalie coach. In fact, I think I shared this with you a few weeks ago. But I think that he, when he's when he's not mechanical, he's a disaster. But you have so many guys who haven't done their job. You look at Berglund and Tarasenko and Steen. I mean, you know, and the the, the issue. Well, wait until uh, Jaden Schwartz come back. Hey, Jaden Schwartz is a hell of a good hockey player. But Jaden Schwartz isn't Gretzky, Curry, and Messier. He's mm-hmm. one guy. So I just think that the players have disappointed us more than anyone else. Now, who do you blame? We all want to blame somebody. Well, apparently there's no leadership. Apparently there's two clicks within the dressing room. And you hate to pin leadership on people or question their heart. But this is a poorly constructed team that even disappoints Doug Armstrong. And I don't fault Doug Armstrong because I think on paper you see that this is a this is a reasonably competitive team, but it's not. They have no toughness, and that's not just solely fighting. Ryan Reeves was a serviceable player mm-hmm. that made everybody else honest. Now, people say, well, there's no room for that in the game anymore. Really? Okay. Uh, I think there's a place for it if you can play. Chris Thorburn can't play. You know, he got to fight the other day on Saturday, and all he does is wrestle people. I've never seen him feed it to anybody, all right? But they don't have any team toughness. They don't have an odd. Brosniak hasn't played that role like he used to. There's no Ryan Reeves. That's the bottom end. The top end, your best players aren't playing well. Yeah. You know, the guys are crying because Staz and Elo, I can't believe we let him. Well, if you'd have played better, he'd still be here. But they didn't. Right. So I, I have a problem with the whining that exists with this hockey club because they're treated like royalty here. I mean, these guys always get the benefit of the doubt, and I think it's time to say, okay, enough. You guys aren't doing what you need to do. What guy in that room is happy with his performance? If they took a poll, if you went around that room and you said, are you happy with how you're playing this year? And if he says no, get rid of his ass. Because Nobody has played that well. And if they don't play that well, then the question is, why aren't you playing that well? Are you distracted? Are you a fat cat? Is there a bad cat? There's a number of reasons, but I, I just I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm very disappointed in this team. There's some years when you think, well, you know, we're a little short. This is a year I thought they could make it interesting, but I just think I never thought they had enough scoring. And with all these young players, Tage Thompson and all the kids in the minors, you want to bring them up to sheets them how to lose? Because if you do bring them up now, that's what you're doing. Yeah. Because you have no one that shows them what tradition and what the cost to win is in the National Hockey League. They don't have it. And until they do, lead those kids in the minors, go out and find some character guys who can play. What do you think they will do, assuming that the season doesn't end with the Blues in the postseason? Clean it out. Blow it Time up. blow it up. Yeah, blow it up. Because... Here's a common denominator. All the guys that are here, you have some guys that have been here for three coaches. And the common denominator is now the player. It's not the coaches. You know, Ken Hitchcock's going to the Hall of Fame. Mike Yo's getting a second chance, and most second-time coaches are better. Everybody thought Mike Yo was the second coming. Scotty Bowman at the beginning. He didn't get stupid overnight. So I, I think i got to blow up the team. And that doesn't mean we're going to rebuild. We're going to bring in a little bit different type player, a player with a little bit more of an edge 
We're going to continue to skate. We're going to look to score goals. Uh, and we're going to probably be more aggressive. You know, the other thing about this team, you know, fans climbed all over Bowmeister. Now we know he's been hurt. Uh, he just has been – but the Blues have had a tradition. They find one guy, their fans will climb. They will bury this guy. If the guy came up with a cure for cancer, you know what they say? Well, where was he last week? <laughs> you know, so it, it's an unfortunate time in Blues lore. But here we go, another year, 50-plus years, and we'll watch somebody else watch the cup. Unfortunately, it looks like that's the way things are. Totally different story, at least as far as momentum as of this moment with Missouri basketball. Not only do you have mm. them moving in the right direction, likely in the NCAA tournament, no matter what, uh, but possibly seeing Michael Porter Jr. So a couple of questions regarding Missouri. First off, do you think we will see Porter play in St. Louis? I don't really care. Don't care? No. It's unfortunate that this has unfolded, but Michael Porter Jr. is not the future of the Missouri program. Um, you know, I, I can see anybody get hurt. But how this thing has been handled has been awkward because we've never seen a situation where everybody wants him to play and we're looking for people to blame. Well, it's a back injury, first of all. And if you don't feel it, then you can't do it. The other thing is, well, he's just trying to play for the NBA. I, I talked to a person who has had a very good track record on drafting players. And he told me that he didn't think Porter is helping himself. They want to see him play against legitimate competition. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a risky one. What if he runs out there against Kentucky on Friday? And the Kentucky players, oh, Mr. McDonald's All-American, who's in no shape. And the Kentucky can be a physical team. What if they push him around? Then all of a sudden his draft stock goes down. So is he smart enough to say, you know what, the money's going to be there. I'm going to come back. This team I'm playing with is going to be much better. We're going to be much better if I come back right. The money's going to be there. But, you know, you get other people, hey, if you don't make it now, you never make it. You know, it's a it's a tough situation. I commend Conzo Martin for working with what he has. You know, good coaches only worry about the players that just show up ready to play. You can't worry about something that's certainly out of his control. But it's uh, I, I admire how they play with guts. Because there's some guys they never count on playing this much. Right. Given some guys we don't even know about. Yeah, exactly. First off, most people aren't paying attention to Missouri basketball the last couple of years. And why should you? Absolutely. Yeah, so. And to see what they've done. When you say, because uh, I've read there was a columnist, I think it was Sam Mellinger in the Kansas City Star, who wrote about the way that this has been handled with Porter in Missouri. It's such a weird spot because he's on Instagram a couple weeks, you know, after he the He everybody with right. this whole thing. And I think that that was... You know, we talk about social media. This is where social media gets everybody in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, with the uh, the innuendo and the hints and just, you know, some of the photos. Hey, look, this is too serious. This is this, the livelihood of so many refs on what he's going to do. And I think it's unfair. I think, I think he's out of line for doing it. I mean, he can express himself any way he wants to. But one of the things that we don't take into account when you're dealing with coaches and people of that nature, we're talking about families, we're talking about future, we're talking about rare opportunities and, and revenue that comes in where mm-hmm. everything else can be done. And if you don't do it the right way, then I think you're doing everybody a disservice. Yeah. The team, despite having no Michael Porter Jr., 
uh, considering where they are and where they were this time last year, that's going to be something else. Uh, I believed, I bought in when Conzo Mart was hired. I went over to hire him six, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, how well do you know him and what do you think? Don't know him really that well. Yeah. Uh, he and I have crossed paths a couple of times. I've, I know people who know him much better than me. They think a lot of him. I uh, respect how he's trying to get things done. I mean, he came in with a plan, um, and he did it his way, and he really, there were some people who thought, well, this is how we've been doing it. We don't do it that way anymore. And I think he ranked those some people early on, but they didn't mess with him because he went out and got the best player right, in the country. Right, so right. He, yeah, he had some equity. Right. So, but, you know, it's funny. I was talking to someone last night who follows it closer to me and said that he's getting torched on some sites and callers and things of that nature. Kind of hard? Yeah. But he made the point. He said, you got to understand, you know, being a black coach in Mizzou has never gone over well, over well although this is the third one um, that they've had for basketball. It's still a situation where Kazo is doing it his way that didn't include the old guard mm -hmm. and how old Mizzou has done things, and they feel like they're not part of the process. Hence, they're critical. You know, so one guy lost his job over it, and I think that it's one of those deals where you have to embrace it when you hire him. You say, hey, all right, man, here the keys. Go do what you got to right. do, but we'll see you in March. In yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got to respect that. Yeah. Uh, questions coming in fast and furious here on the Facebook Live. Love listening to Claves. A lot of people are happy to see you on here. Well, that's very nice of them. <laughs> we all want carrot cake, too. <laughs> Uh, if they get rid of Berglund, who plays the piano at center ice? Who cares? Zach McDonnelly. There's a guy. Uh, you know, he just... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, guys, uh, Tim Bishop, when the captain is getting sat on and mushed with no retaliation, it's over, Brock. That's from Tim yeah, Bishop. Yeah, he's right. What do you think of that? That was, I mean, like, if anything, like, the one moment typified what we've seen over the last three months... I was irate, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, what the? Somebody, somebody's got to do something. And this is what I'm talking about. You know, they don't play for each other. He's a captain, and you're gonna let somebody just come out and just steamroll like a zamboni. And they just kind of put his yeah. And, and you know, it just says a lot about the makeup of this team. You may not like the guy, but you're wearing the same jersey I'm wearing. He's taking liberties with you. And not one, and I don't care how many penalty minutes you have, go do something. Mm -hmm. And if it, and if those guys on the ice didn't do it, guess what? They probably don't play anymore that day. I'm just going to play with short of bench. I thought it was an embarrassment. Yeah, that was something else. Uh, guys, can I use your media pass if you're in Florida for the Mizzou-Kentucky game on Friday? Are you willing to hand out your credential? I have for... applied for credential for something. <laughs> but you can go ahead and use my name. <laughs> Oh, so, well. yeah, ask, ask Paul Frank Cusimano. He's very well connected. Uh, let's see what else we got coming in here. They're coming in, and they come in quick, and i got to try and follow them on the right side of the page here. Uh, let me ask you this regarding the Cardinals. Uh, we had John Mazalak on, and I said, you know, people are a little uh, irritated going into the year. And he goes, well, don't they, have they not been entertained? What, what about our track record? And I understand that, but... If you're going to go track record, you also have to include the recent track record, yeah. and that's Scotty Bridget, Alexis Diaz, Trevor Rosenthal. Yeah. 
you know, now, you, know. You, you, you know what? That's probably not my first argument uh, because you're right. If you want to use track record, there, you're right. There's two pages mm-hmm. there. And somebody brought that up yesterday about this template that they use to sign players early. And somebody said, it's interesting, that template that they use, there's only one guy out there on the field right now that's under that contract, yeah. and it was Colton Wong. Carpenter is back. We don't know about that. Uh, Piscotti's gone. Alan Craig is gone. Diaz is gone. So it, it sounds good on the surface, and I, I, and I understand its intention. But if you want to hang your hat on it, I don't know. I think it's good. Do the Cardinals do that a lot more than other organizations? No, I think there's some that, that circles certain it's, people. It seems like it happens. And I think it roots on this. 2004, they wind up signing Albert Pools to like the greatest team-friendly yeah. deal ever. Mm-hmm. No, they're not thinking all these guys are but, Pools. But guys don't take hometown discounts anymore. Yeah. There's a few that would do it. Like Paul DeYoung was a Midwest guy. I think he wanted to be close. Uh, where his family and everybody could be around, but you know, then you have Tommy Pham who who is proud of the Cardinal organization because it's the only one he knows, <clears throat> and I think he would like to be part of this for the rest of his life, yeah. like most people do. But you know, it's a business, and people value it differently. Last year, I'm curious about this. This is my own question here. Dexter Fowler comes to St. Louis, and he gives what, what really is kind of an ABC answer to an obvious question that he was asked regarding how the immigration ban impacted his family. And he starts catching hell yeah. from a sector of the fan base. And if I'm not mistaken, you, him, Ozzy, I think, yeah, Tommy Fan, yeah. all went out. He, he seems like, I don't know, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that might have made him a big gun shy because yeah, he hasn't yeah. been taking the field yet and all it of a sudden did. he's catching hell. What's uh, your perspective on... You know, Cardinal fans, we haven't had many people of color play here in the last few years. And while they want to win like everybody else, I think because they may have a different view of things, we automatically put them in a different category. And that's unfor- unfortunate and unfair. Uh, I think he was taken by how abrupt people were because they weren't listening to what he was saying about it wasn't like I'm pro Ayatollah <laughs> he just said it was a family issue that his in-laws were dealing with that was it he was concerned and I think people took it the wrong way you know it was almost shut up and drilled basically and that wasn't the case there and, um, it was probably an eye opener you know we see that from time to time and I think it's unfortunate because I feel yeah, like he would be able to bring a lot to not just the team, but the community because he, he's a very intelligent man, number one, uh, because he said, I had a bunch of people, you know, saying... This is a guy had a chance to go to Ivy Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and he just was kind of laughing about it. People think I'm dumb. I, I wonder why they think that, uh, being facetious, of course, <laughs> and then listed his options. What, do you have Dartmouth as an option, I think? Dartmouth and, and Princeton. Yeah. I didn't have those. I'll be real, real, real I, I, straightforward they, with you. They, they, they notified me. I wasn't even thinking about it, but they called me to remind me, don't try. <laughs> exactly. And so ever since then, I'm like, here's a guy who I feel like could have been in the same realm as a face of a franchise. He just signed a five-year deal. And I'm like, 
you know, he put up good numbers, especially with the injuries that he dealt with. I'm not real bullish on getting value for five years of it, but I hope they do. But now he's kind of fallen in the in the, in the background when I think he could have been a, a, an ambassador of sorts for the team to the St. Louis community. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it was an unfortunate step. And, and, and I think the other thing, most Cardinal fans are good people. But the small element that uses – other cards that have nothing to do with performance on the field seem to be heard the loudest. And I think it puts a, uh, it paints a lot of things in the wrong light. And, and that's unfortunate why we give those so much attention. But I think it made him take a step back and say, well, hold on, what I, what I have myself in here. But he's moved on from it, you know, and, and we'll see how things unfold. You know, they don't really care if you're winning. Right, that's the name of the game. Hey, there's Ryan Kelly. He's happy to see you. Hey, Ryan Kelly, the home loan expert. The home loan expert, yeah. The home If the Cardinals don't make the playoffs for a third year in a row, is Mike Matheny on the hot seat? That's from Rob Hickerson. I think that uh, you have to look at why that would happen. Um, I think everybody's on the hot seat. You know, yeah, it's this a different, is, isn't it so different yeah, than what we've seen? I mean, you yeah. got to go back. I don't even know what you got to go back to, like 95? We, we haven't been in this situation. Because when the Cardinals were kind of crappy in the late 1990s, we, we were distracted by we, home run. Yeah, we were distracted, and, and that kind of got everybody a mulligan, but we didn't have enough good players. So now, because we've been so used to, to getting in the postseason, you know, we don't have the tolerance to understand that sometimes it doesn't work. I think everybody's on the hot seat. It's not just Mike. I think that everybody understands the urgency to win. Um, but I think this is going to be a season where you're going to have to be patient. I don't envision them going, you know, 35-2 and two or anything like that in the beginning of the year. But uh, we just have to be patient and see how things unfold. He's got a different staff. They teach differently. Everybody's trying to adjust to that. I think the accountability is going to be more important this year. Think guys were as accountable as they need to be. Who are the leaders? You're talking about leadership in the Blues room. Who do you know. see as the leader? Yeah, that's because you know you have Yachty obviously and Adam, two different guys. Right. Uh, I think Tommy Pham has tried to take that on from what I've seen from a distance, uh, and then you have a group of guys that are just trying to find a place to sit, where either they haven't been here that long or haven't produced enough uh, to really have a bigger voice. Uh, we don't have a lot of veterans, you know, so that's another issue that comes into play. So I think it's a work in progress. And you know what? If you want to be a leader, go out and do something. Mm-hmm. If you're a better leader when you're, like, good at what you're doing compared to the 25th guy that doesn't play. He's normally the team fundamental. You know? <laughs> and there's a place for it. But I think in this case, whoever leads by example, and that doesn't mean he's going to grab you in the car. Hey, I just right. made for you. you got to do this. It's not that. Right. But, you know, you, you're showing, as a leader, your commitment to the winning for the team. And once you show that commitment, then people have a tendency to gravitate to you to try and drink a little of that Kool-Aid themselves. It's interesting that you bring that up because when the Cardinals had what I think many people consider to be the best team that we've seen in the last 30 or so years, the 2004 team, mm-hmm. I remember guys telling me uh, that the two leaders on the team – were Woody Williams and Mike Matheny. And you're talking about a roster that was chock full of... Yeah. And that's because know, of the way that they... I, but you know what? That that team also had Reggie Sanders and, and, and Larry Walker, who I thought 
I thought those two guys could sit in any corner of the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I think those are leaders that I like to have uh, because they're not leading the clique; they're leading the they're, whole thing. Yeah, they're leading the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I thought those guys were invaluable, mm-hmm. and we miss guys like that. And so, who are going to be those guys that can sit in any corner? Because clubhouses are so much more diverse now. You have uh, the college player, you have the white player, you have the Latin player, you have, well, one, two, we have two black players. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you have the guys who have been traded, you have the guys who come through the organization. You know, it's such a diverse group uh, that you have to have guys who can put their finger on the pulse and know who's able to do what and who can stand with. Yeah. Uh, a couple questions coming in here from some former 590 The Fan people. Scotty Markham. Good man. Scotty Markham. Good man, Scotty. He's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, this is an important question on our show. You know our show tag is essentially the 60 Good minutes. Question. Uh, I like the blue caps on the road. Yeah. The question being red caps yeah. and blue caps on yeah, the road. I like the blue caps. I kind of dug in with Bill DeWitt III on this whole thing. I said, why did you make that change? Well, you know, here's what I love about Mr. DeWitt and Bill III. You know, Bill's got an art background. Bill III's got an art background. Bill's got a degree in history of being a steward of the game and knowing how the uniform should look. He loves those uniforms. Let me tell you something. And I always tell people the only reason why I watch the All-Star game is the introduction because there's nothing that stands out more than the birds on the back because they still embroider that uniform. Ah. They're one of the few teams that their logo is really, Really? I mean, it's so electric. It's so sharp and clean. and, And... and I'm a big guy on uniforms anyway, but I think that they want to always make sure that their uniform has a clean, sharp look to yeah. it. So I like the. Blue. I just see the red caps on the road with the gray jerseys, and I picture like the early 1990s. I picture bad years. Yes, right. no, yes. You're right. And the blue caps, things are uh, going just fine. Esteban <laughs> Bud Smith, uh, Iggy has chimed in. Best, best five ninety the fan moment, Marisek era. That's 590, so that would cover 98 to 2004. Yeah, that's a good question. We had more fun than we had misery. Um, I don't know if there was one thing in particular, because um, we had a good group of guys. We had a lot of what was the What was the lineup? It was Jennings and Rich and Dave Green in the morning. Frank was doing his midday thing. Who was, and then there was like a rotation of like, was like a baseball show. Right. Jack Snow had a yeah. show, Al Rabosky, Andy yeah. Van Slyke, specialty show, Fairways and Greens, yeah. and then it was you and Ramp. Yeah, Am I right? right? And yeah. the captain is the Colonel, Rick Wallace. Rick Wallace, yes. yes. Well, he was Colonel. You know why? Why was he Colonel? So here's the reason why he <laughs> became Colonel Rick Wallace. <laughs> Cam West used to have a guy named Sergeant Don, Officer Don Miller. And then they, there was somebody that was a sergeant. So I said, the hell with this. Let's give him a battlefield commission and make him a colonel. <laughs> and that's how I'm serious. That's why we That's all I did. That's all we did. I was wondering. Like, so I was wondering. I was Rick He doesn't seem like a guy who's serving. Sergeant <laughs> Don Miller or something. And I was like, the hell with a sergeant. I mean, sergeants are the backbone of any military. Yeah. But I said, let's make him a colonel. And that way, you don't be messed with. <laughs> so that's how he. And he was simply the guy who did the traffic and sports. And earlier. Rick Wallace is one of the most talented, versatile radio people I've ever worked. With. I love the way you guys interact. Just, with him. just that would entertain. He's so funny. He was part of the first. He was on this when we first started KSP. Our first all sports radio was Rammer, Rick Wallace, and myself. 
I don't know how I got up there early in the morning to do morning drive. Oh, you were doing morning? That's when we started. What time were you doing first? What time was it? Six to nine? Ooh, wow, that's legit. Yeah, that's I like real morning drive. Like, we used to get up. We, we were so excited. We'd get up at like 3, 30, 4 o'clock. Oh, my it. gosh. And at the end, it was like 5.45. Let me see what else we got here. I'll go to two more. Because Claves and I have a very important tea time we need to get to over here. We got to eat. Yeah, and that's another thing we need to I got, I got, I got the golf and I got the meal. That's take care. Here we go. Most dough you've seen Jordan wager on one hole, Tim Bishop. I'm anxious to hear the answer to this one. I think it was a grand. Was it against like Vince Coleman? No, it was right? this buddy of his out of Indianapolis. So they went, he said, all right, let's put a grand on it. No, that was the most. Now, I've heard there's been more wager, but that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure Vince can tell you about some stuff. I don't know how much they bet he and Vince. Vince is a pretty good player. Vince lives out there. Yeah. No, he's in San Diego, but there's but well, maybe he may be moving back here. It's they Jordan. played here during the fantasy camp when Vince was here. For oh, really? Camp. Yeah. And Jordan, is it true he's building his own place? Yes. That's, that's, that's a true that's thing. That's what I've been told. I have not. I think Vince told me that, that he was doing it. Because he had done it before. He was. He had the plans and everything. Uh, and it was funny because he was playing the uh, Bears, Bears Club, club right? And some people were, it was, it was some people, some old biddies were two people <laughs> in front of him. And they were so slow, he just said, I'm done. And the person who was in the car in front of him that day was Mike Shannon playing. So he rolled up and realized it wasn't Mike who was, was the problem. It was these old biddies in front of him. And he pull off and call a guy. I mean, it was some property up in Hope Sound, I believe he was going to build on. Oh, really? And I know he had an option on it. Then he walked away from it. But somebody told me that he's rekindled that and it will be an invitation-only membership. Wow. Yeah. How about that? I think he's going to time you. Yeah, because Chuck's kind of on the same plan. Yeah. I, I had Walter behind me one day about a few months ago. And he was screaming at me. I, hate, much I can't of the, take it. Man. Much of the round. Yeah, I can't take slow dog. How many practice swings you need, dirtbag? That's what, that's what we had <laughs> that's going on. I love playing with Jay <laughs> But uh, to Kenny's question, I, I can't think of many bad, I mean, many. I mean, I just thought we had a lot of fun because yeah. we had all grown up through the previous administrations of, of KSP and KFNS and all of its ownerships. We all kind of had a better idea of what we needed to do, what we what we thought would work. I, I thought that was what was important for all the guys who worked behind the scenes, the producers and the board ops who've gone on to do other things, right. whether it's uh, Fish or or Eli Savoy, yeah. guys who yeah, done a nice job, Scotty Markham, Baby Cadillac, uh, Hoss Newper. How about him? On the station. So I mean, there's so many people that I thought really matured through that process. Uh, but I couldn't put my finger on one particular one. It was a good time. It yeah, was fun. Man. It really was so fun. It's legitimately yeah. fun. Well, uh, thank you so much for sitting in on the Facebook Live with the good people. There's a Captain Don Miller. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, we, that's why we are. That's the nice thing about yeah. doing this these days. The answers just pop up on your Facebook feed. Uh, thank you to Design Air Heating and Cooling for sponsoring our Facebook Lives live from spring training or online at designairservice.com. They're the number one train dealer in the Midwest, so if and when the time comes you need a new air conditioning or you need to get your air conditioning service, make sure you go online at designairservice.com. That's what I'm telling yeah. you. That's what I'm telling you. Give me an estimate and let them tell you 
what's going, what could possibly happen? Because there's nothing worse. I lived it here. Than when your air goes out and you got nowhere to go, and, and you knew you should have done something yeah. about it, and maybe put you on a maintenance plan where you you can. Because when these things go south, man, you you got problems. You got major oh, problems. Man. So go to designairservice.com, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. For Mike Claiborne, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Live from Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details.